This is the Restaurant Technology Guys podcast, helping you run your restaurant better. Welcome back to the Restaurant Technology Guys podcast. We thank you guys again for listening in. I know uh, I keep saying this uh, every time we get on the get on the uh, the wire and, and uh, record one of these, but I know you guys have got lots of choices and lots of opportunities and and different people and voices to listen to out there. So we very much appreciate you guys listening each time we post one of these. Um, Again, I, the other piece that I love to say, and, and it's uh, so much fun to do this because this really has become a labor of love that I've, I've been doing this for going on four years now, the podcast. It's always great to hear feedback, um, different guests that you guys want uh, to hear, different topics that you guys want to hear about. So hit me up on Twitter, send me an email, send me a text. Most of you guys know how to get a hold of me, but uh, shoot me off a note to let me know different people that you think would be interesting for the podcast or different topics that we should cover. Um, today, we are joined by a very special guest, a restaurant technologist, Anthony Searle. Anthony, how's it going today, man? So far, so good. So far, so good. And and uh, for those uh, that, that don't know, I'm guessing most of you guys know that we record these. Uh, it happens to be a Friday, so Anthony's getting towards the latter part of his week. But uh, as I keep teasing him, he's in restaurant technology, so there is no weekends for us. The restaurants don't shut down over the weekends, right? They do not. <laughs> yeah, and and they don't really give a crap uh, what our lives look like because we work a you know normal normal week, and uh, they're obviously open on the weekends and and need the help. So, Anthony, why don't you uh, give our listeners a little bit of an intro as to who you are, where you came from, a little bit of your background, and uh, and then kind of your your latest stint. Uh, we'll 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 talk about as well. Uh, my name is Anthony Searle. I am are born in Brooklyn, New York. Originally went to school at Baruch College and um, started off my career working for BLDG Management, which was a commercial real estate developer in New York City and did that for about a year, two years. And then in June of 2000, started my career working for Madison Square Garden, Uh, worked for Madison Square Garden, taking care of all of its uh, everything under its umbrella, uh, Radio City Music Hall, Beacon Theater, Chicago, uh, Wang Theater, and the LA Forum. Uh, also taking care of all of its C-level executives and sports teams, New York Knicks, Rangers, Liberty, everything under the sun, especially uh, during the holiday season, the Radio City Rockets and Radio City Music Hall. After that... Um, Moved down to spend a good 15 years uh, working for Madison Square Garden. And then it was that full transition to Orlando, Florida. Uh, bought my house out here and um, did a few stints working for, I was the IT manager for a technology solution company called Arcus Technologies. I uh, did that for about a year. And then from there, I went over to Red Lobster. They were bought over by a golden uh, private equity firm called Golden Gate Capital and did that for about two years, helping them with the transition. And then from there, I found myself working for Charter Communications or Spectrum Communications down here and uh, was their business analyst. Um, did that for about a good year and then worked as the IT manager for the Hilton Orlando, managing their 
um, their main um, Hilton Orlando downtown um, hotel and taking care of all of their guests and the Wi-Fi and conventions, especially uh, three of their smaller brands uh, for the embassy suites. And then I started, I left that position to actually work for another Broken Egg Cafe of America franchising, uh, located as well uh, down here in Orlando, right on T.G. Lee Boulevard. They were bought over in 2018 by a private equity firm called Beekman Investments out of New York. Uh, the corporate headquarters were located in Destin, Florida, and subsequently moved out uh, December of 18 into Orlando. That's awesome. That's awesome. So one of the things that I, that I love, and Anthony, I know you and I talked about this uh, in the past, is um, most people don't really get the opportunity to see behind the scenes. You know, a lot of restaurant operators are used to, you know, strip mall restaurants or, you know, inside of a, inside of a big mall or whatever. You know, they don't necessarily get to see the behind the scenes of whether it be something like MSG Madison Square Garden, or even the hotel operations. Why don't you talk to me a little bit, just see, since you spent so much time at Madison Square Garden, like the event space, um, all of the different things, you know, you've got IT, you've got food service, you've got, you know, kind of the events management pieces, you've got ticketing. Um, talk to me and, and educate our listeners a little bit about all of the different aspects that you got to see and got to be responsible for. I was privileged enough, and I'll, I'll give you a little bit of context to do some work early in my career for some of the food service outsourcing companies, um, Aramark, Levy, um, Service America, some of those different groups where they were going in and and uh, actually the the forum, the Great Western Forum, um, was one of our our very first installs back in the early '90s with uh, some some uh, handheld technology back I think '91 '92 where we had done a done a deal and then I like I said I got to, I got the privilege of uh, opening Staples Center a number of years ago and 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 whatnot. Uh, um, you know, when it, when it first opened with technology. And so it was always fun to see that side of the business when the majority of my career prior to had been, uh, had been in just kind of standard, what you would call standard restaurants, family restaurants and, and quick serve restaurants and those kind of things. Well, for working for MSG um, and taking care of all of its venues and, and the customer base, it was, I could say it was a dream for anyone that grew up in New York, you know, it's Madison Square Garden. The name by itself resonates with everyone there. And just to be a part of that great group of um, people and community, it was an amazing or more of a surreal experience. And working at MSG, I think at the time I started, we were using, using, utilizing Aloha POS as well as uh, Micros in our suites. And, you know, Back then, it was the old Javelin terminals, you know, lugging them yep. up and down and going from one floor to the other floor. There was no, you know, it was only five of us. There were four of us in actuality before we hired a new person on. And I was the the rookie in the group. I was a new person in there. And, you know, it was it was different. You know, I was always thought, it, it was, you know, a computer is a computer. And a POS is a POS. And in, in reality, it, it, it's true. 
but it's so much more than that. You know, a lot of things go into a POS system. It's not just food. It's not just merchandise. It's, um, it's catering. It's the back end, um, inventory control system for the food, the product. And then, you know, it ties in sometimes with, um, the cameras that you have going on there, um, security cameras as well to monitor the product and, um, cash control for the, um, the bar terminals or the, the drawers. And then we had restaurants on top of that. We had a sports bar and grill. We had a um, luxury dining within the Madison Square Garden facility. So you're looking at over 400, 500 terminals on, on a given night if, if all three sides of MSG was open. So you had the arena, you had the expo center, and you had the theater. And during our, our busy seasons, we were 24-7. Our events yep. went went crazy you know and then um we switched over during that time i think uh 2004 we switched over from aloha to uh infogenesis or agilisis out of las vegas agilisis now yeah as they're known now um Uh and they're a great box pos system you know they're all all in one you know sometimes you needed a custom report and that became more of uh hey what pricing or you ha- would have to pay for that type of service because, you know, th- they gave you that set of reports, but you want something customized and that inc- that developed into a whole n- uh, allotment of fees on top of it. Mm-hmm. And then um, right before I left in 2013, we switched over to Appetize, 2013-14. We went to Appetize. We went to, you know, Madison Square Garden did that whole $800 million rebuild. Yep. So I was there for that. I put in the new POS solutions. I put in the new um, uh, Kronos uh, time clock system. We did the whole new inventory, mobile apps, um, um, mobile dinings directly to the uh, customer seats, you know, walking around with the handhelds, the new Wi-Fi's, access points around in and around the arena. So it was a big project, and I'm glad we got it done. Uh, we were able to, the hardest thing was um, just our communications closets were total messed for years. So, you know, working with the carpenters union, the labor union, the electricians, it was a daunting task, but um, we got it done. That's uh, so I love what uh, what you said there, just because, again, I, I was privileged enough. But when you talk about 400 terminals, like, you know, you could get 100 restaurants that don't have 400 terminals and on one piece of property, not to mention the, the other properties that Madison Square Garden would manage. I think it's uh, a pretty remarkable feat. And the fact that you guys were able to do that with just uh, just four, you know, four people and, and that you were the rookie. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure they gave you all of the best chefs and all of the best work to do when you were the rookie, huh? Well, yeah, I know. Well, you know what? In the 30 days, I took a month to actually work all nights. No weekends, no days off, just work all nights. I wanted to get make sure I got my foot in the door. And, you know, I came to, I wanted to understand the, the technology that was in place when I first started. And when we did mm-hmm. the rebuild, we were better off. We, um, I think Radio City Music Hall was using Quest terminals with their uh, Linux backend. And, um, you know, that I would, there were times I would actually manage both houses at the same time, go into Radio City Music Hall, restart all the terminals, prep all the printers, and then 
walk back to Madison Square Garden and um, stay there and do remote troubleshooting if I needed to. If I need to walk back to Radio City Music Hall for, uh, you know, some kind of major issue, then that's what I did. I say that's a, that's not a that's not a small hike between those two properties. It is. I haven't not. been to New York <laughs> many many times. I, I'm like thinking I'm going. Yeah, I I normally come into Penn right underneath MSG yeah. and uh, getting up to Radio City Music Hall. You know, I I think I'd be uh, jumping in a taxi if I uh, if I needed to get there quick. But yes, I hear you. I hear Sometimes you. Sometimes a taxi was too longer than the subway and easier to just walk it. Yeah, no, I uh, well, I tell, I actually tell a funny story. The very first time I ever went to, to New York City <clears throat> with my now wife, um, I didn't realize I was I was dirt poor. I was probably twenty years old and uh, um, had you know a couple hundred bucks for the whole you know for a week in New York and not realizing. And I thought it was going to take me. You know, I thought I thought a taxi ride across town was going to cost me a bunch of money. So I told, oh, let's just walk it. Well, come to find out, we were walking to the Upper East Side from MSG to 96th and Madison, and uh, by about 60th, she was ready to kill me. Yeah, well, um, fortunately you? she <laughs> stayed with me. Fortunately, she stayed with me, but uh, um, but yeah, no, it, it was. Uh, I, I did have to end up buying her new shoes the next day because she had blisters from uh, from the uh, the summer heat uh, walking walking through the city. That is the worst. <laughs> so, well. Let's keep going on your journey, Anthony, just because I think it's uh, it's great. Um, so you know, one of the other things that I think would be interesting for our listeners to hear is is so you talked a, you know talked a little bit about MSG and kind of all of what goes on within their event management and you know the fact that you guys had so many properties all in different geos, um, lot 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 going on, but uh, some cool insight as to all of the different things that you're able to do there. Now let's let's carry forward to some of your time with um, the hotel management stuff because again, most of our listeners, you know, nothing against Red Lobster or, or another another broken egg cafe, which we'll talk about those in just a few minutes. But uh, a lot of our listeners haven't had the privilege of being in a hotel space with all of the different technology that goes there, from de- front desk management to the restaurant management systems to you know just all of the different things that have to go in infrastructure wise um you know when you when you're running um it for a hilton not to mention the fact that you're working at one of the larger hilton properties i'm sure in north america right there in orlando because it's such a big uh such a big travel destination for so many people so why don't you talk a little bit about that experience and, and what are the different things that uh that you got to experience there and some of the learnings that you had that way the hilton orlando was three thousand room hotel, give or take, and um, had its outdoor patio. Um, the reservation systems, they were using uh, their own Hilton on queue proprietary um, systems for reservation. They were using ServiceNow Light for their help desk. You know, and, you know, what you see on the back end, you had the, we were going through the uh, Wi-Fi replacement at that time. So adding more access points, go and we had a new uh, carrier come in trying to um, give help us with our Wi-Fi issues at that point. It's such a big property that, you know, everyone needed was utilizing Wi-Fi. Even, you know, the guests were at minimum trying to utilize Wi-Fi. And then, you know, getting it out to the patio areas, the swimming pool, the uh, restaurants that were out there by the pool, you know, it took a lot of work just to make make that, you know, the antennas working properly, the uh, service desk was working properly. You know, everyone had their own system, laundry, catering, 
um, reservations that, like I said, had their own system. Um, parking had their own system. You know, if you didn't, everyone had to valet at the Hilton that I was in. So mm-hmm. that especially if the system goes down, there's really no way of managing those uh, tickets. Yeah. Um, well, and uh, I think it's so cool when you share these things, because, again, most of the restaurant IT operators don't get that privilege. And uh, I'm sure there's there's lots of not just, you know, there's lots of heartache, I'm, I'm guessing, as you're learning those new systems. But I love the level of creativity and just even the uh, the grit that you show to to push through and learn these different things. Is that uh, is that something that, that you would say uh, is has been a hallmark of your career over the last 20, 20 years or so? I'm going to say that in all of my positions, I've been blessed to be in these various positions with these great organizations. And I know I was able to pick up and adapt and learn um, a little bit of everything from all of these organizations. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you get to question, what am I, what am I doing here? Is it deja vu? Is it this? Is it that? But all, all, when I look back at my career, I can say each one, I took away something amazing from each one of those uh, positions I was in. And those organizations, whether it be learning empathy or um, patience, uh, maybe uh, being a critical thinking, prioritizing, um, and being honest, true to who I am, true to the job. I got to tell you, (laughs) there was one story at um, when I first started Madison Square Garden, and that taught me a lot of patience. I actually was uh, working in one of the stands in the with a 13 terminal stand and the entire stand went down and it was during a hockey game. And I've, I was behind with the cashier and, you know, if anyone's ever been to a hockey game, we all know when you don't get beer or food and it's the beginning of the third quarter. Yep. You know, I've had a hot dog thrown at me. <laughs> Especially when the Canadian teams are in town, those guys seem to drink even more than even it more than the U.S. Was a team. New York Ranger and a New York Islander game. Oh, got you. Got a bunch of New Yorkers fighting fighting yeah. over beer at the stand. I get that. Okay, I hear you. So that was that definitely taught me, you know, patient. The, all of my jobs, every everything in my career have has taught me um, something or another that makes me the person that I am today. I love that. I love that. I, I'll uh, I'll piggyback on your uh, on your story here, just uh, because it uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I I have a coworker. We got the privilege to go uh, go to a Super Bowl um, down in San Diego a number of years ago, and uh, the amount of volume that the restaurant, the stand, did for that Super Bowl was, and and this was at Charger Stadium, you know, uh, uh, Qualcomm Stadium down in San Diego. And yeah. uh, the amount of volume that they did for that Super Bowl was 5x what any other game that they had done through the entire season. I don't think the uh, the, the kitchen printer stopped printing for, <laughs> I don't know, four hours. Like it just printed and you'd put new paper in and just keep printing and kept printing. So, um, you know, similar story when uh, when the Canadians came down and, and played uh, played uh, the Kings in uh, at Staples Center. We had a POS outage at, uh, at one of the bars and I thought uh, I, I literally thought somebody's you know grandmother got killed because they couldn't get a beer and a hot dog, um, you know, because they were so upset about stuff. But uh, but no, I, I your story definitely resonates with me as uh, you know, it's been a number of years since I've done any of that stuff. But uh, it's kind of nutty how uh, how passionate people get, especially in the middle of a sports sports event uh, when they want food and drink. 
You know, when you go, when you attend one of these events as the guest, you never really think about the person on the other end of the um, other end uh, taking the cashier or the server is taking care of the guests on that end. And the moment I was thrust into the opposite, being on that side of things. Mm-hmm. I felt for the the cashiers. I felt for the managers working those stands. I just resonated with them and understood what what it was like. And when I go to events now, anywhere, whether it's a, a stadium or a concert or maybe a comedy club, I make sure to um, offer my assistance if there's anything I can do to help them with any of these situations that arise when ordering food or POS situations or printer, I make sure I give them my, uh, my patience and understanding. Very, very cool. And, uh, so true. And, and, uh, thank you for sharing some of that. Cause this is the first time I've had an opportunity to talk about some of those experiences, but I think as a, you know, to, to your comment as a consumer of the brand, as a, as a consumer that's just walking up and buying a beer and buying a, buying a, buying a soda for your kids or whatever, not understanding what goes into the production of that food, what goes into the technology that, that you're paying with is so, um, there's so many moving parts and pieces and there's people like yourself in the, in the past that have, have, uh, have had the opportunity to do that. Even at the Hilton, you know, where you've got, you know, how many rooms and all the different pieces of technology. It's just so incredible. You know, when you walk into a kitchen at a regular restaurant versus walking into a hotel kitchen, it's like night and day. Um, it's just such a different experience as, as I'm sure you would, uh, you would attest. And same thing, same thing at a production kitchen at a stadium. It's like these kitchens are, are built um, in just massive quantities and they're, they're, they're there to produce just massive quantities of food and drink. Well, it's, you know what it is too, in a hotel, you're not think you're thinking long food and drink, but you also have to take into consideration the cleaning staff, mm-hmm. the, those that are cleaning the rooms and those that are, um, f- washing the laundry. They're all computerized systems flowing yep. on the back end. So, you know, one of those systems goes down, you know, scheduling goes off the the it's just a nightmare yep yeah and the guests don't really care that you had a problem with the it like it (laughs) it it is truly to you know they don't care that your reservation system went down they don't care that the that the scheduling system for what rooms need to get clean goes down they really don't care and and it's uh, you know jobs of people like yourself that uh that really get to get to to operate that so I'm going to pivot now to your last gig um, before kind of the the new new season of your life, and we'll we'll uh, we'll talk to our audience about that. But uh, you you inherited um, an IT group that uh, you know I, I believe is mostly franchise at another broken egg, or is it all franchise part franchise? Just because that has its own set of uh, set of challenges, probably different than Madison Square Garden, but has its own uniquenesses. Is it is it 100 franchise? 50% franchise. Talk to me a little bit about, about uh, your last career move at uh, Another Broken Egg and kind of kind of w- what that brand is for those that might not be familiar and what you got to inherit and see when you went over there. Another Broken Egg, excuse me, Another Broken Egg is a breakfast, brunch, lunch cafe that spans, uh, it's 75 cafes within 13, 14 states. And they open from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. They are just straight indulgence. 
They offer, they have a full liquor bar as well as signature, signature cocktails and an open patio. Uh, for me, I started in August of 2019. And when I first got there, t- the technology was outdated. The POS is a legacy style POS uh, running PosiTouch. Um, we were buying computers off of Amazon. <laughs> so I got thrown on the deep end as you know how it is. You know, you start a new job. Hey, let's just throw you on the deep end. See if you can um, dog, dog paddle your way out. <laughs> Nice. Nice. And that's basically what I did for the time I was there. I um I got the entire system updated. Um we were I made the office, I was in charge of the corporate structure and we were uh made them a completely SaaS free environment, no on-prem services at all. Um and introduced iron scales onto the office tenancy, uh, drop suite. Um, we were using SharePoint for our um, recipes and videos and so on and so forth. And yeah, we're a franchise-based organization, although we do, we just went through an acquisition and uh, are more of 50% corporate, 50% franchise okay. in that scenario. But it's still, I although I was the IT person for just the corporate structure, I couldn't let, you know, if a franchisee had an issue with either one of our vendors or an issue that they couldn't resolve on their own system, I was basically their IT personnel. And I was one person taking care of all 75 cafes and their issues and in-house and all of our corporate stores. So that was all me. Yeah, it's uh, well, and I know you were only there for a couple of years, but uh, it's pretty amazing to to hear the stories of the things that both you inherited. Um, talk to me a little bit about just because, again, similar to you know talking about the stadiums and or the hotels, Anthony. I think it's so interesting when when people um, people are are working in a franchise environment versus in a corporate environment. What the what the similarities are. Um, you know, and and you alluded to it earlier. Everything thro- flows through IT. There's not a project that goes on in today's restaurant environment that doesn't have something that plugs into the wall that has some form of a computer, whether it be your refrigeration, your camera systems, your point of sale, your you know, you name it. Um, dishwashers have computers. I mean, everything, everything has some form of technology in it. And well, you're the you're the technology guy, so you got to figure it out. Um, so, with that all being said, that that creates just a a really unique environment um, because IT is critical. If the dishwasher is not working, well, clearly you're not going to be able to 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 run your restaurant the same efficiency as you might have before. But it all comes back to, well, Anthony, you got to deal with this. You got to deal with this. You got to deal with this. And so that puts a huge burden on, on you. And I think some of the experience that, that you'd had in the past led you to be able to be successful there. But then you tack on top of that the fact that some of them are corporately owned, some of them are franchise owned. And depending upon how the franchise operates, some of them are allowed to do different things within their environment, different from corporate. And so you got to manage that tension and manage all of those difficulties. Talk to me a little bit about how you how you personally manage that and kind of educate our listeners to those things that uh, they may not be aware of as it relates to franchise versus corporate and kind of how, how those challenges really manifest themselves in the environment. Perfect example, music. Um, 
if you're if you're in a corporate environment, you can control the music. You can control the provider that you're you, that you have to deal with, right? And for those that don't know, music is a concern because you have licensing issues with music. If you're not paying for a business license or business usage on your music, you're going to be hit with federal fines upward of $10,000 or more. I would say mostly half of our franchisees were utilizing their own music, personal music, and as well as our some of our corporate stores. They didn't have a business license. Some of our licenses had um, si- a handshake deal that had a 20-year license on it. And just trying to manage out of the the dynamic of those contracts as well as trying to um, see where the money's being spent. Like why, you know, in this day and age, would you not be competitive in that market? Um, another scenario would be that um, the contract that some of the franchisees sign tend to not say anything about firewalls. Some of our... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing because I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, well, you know, I hear these stories all the time. And it's some of our <laughs> franchisees, you know, and I'm pretty sure there are other friend, member, uh, business members out there that utilize that don't think they need a firewall. And, mm-hmm. you know, and... You know, when you go through um, PCI compliancy, I know it's uh, should be on the vendor that's providing you a POS software that to make them compliant. But still, you know, you should do all your best to warrant against against cyber attacks and security mm-hmm. and card data and transactional data and everything under the sun. But they do refu- some refuse to do firewalls, and you know, and then they want to install things you know whitelist everything <laughs> under on a firewall you know so there are a lot of issues and from a corporate perspective those issues and those standards are already um they're already in place you know they were vetted through a, a, the lab they were in place so we tested out everything some franchisees and the franchisee environments they don't suggest that on the contracts or on the leases yep that tends to bind my hands together when I want to truly implement something for the brand. And then I would, you know, then you would tend to need approval from three or four people down the line on top of your executive team, just to get the approval to uh, bring it to the table for our community. And, you know, sometimes they didn't agree. They could be just well, and my favorite is is that those franchise agreements because oftentimes they're they have known you know the owner or the founder, and so you know it, even though you'll get corporate approval, some franchisee will call into corporate and get get some special special treatment that everybody else doesn't get. I'm Correct. sure that uh, I'm sure that happens as well. And it, and as an IT guy that's trying to implement and protect the brand and protect what it is that you guys are doing, I'm sure that, that was, uh, a that had its own <laughs> set of challenges, huh? For me, it was called a handshake deal. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, uh, I, I mean, I shouldn't say I love it, but it happens in every single group. Well, this is our first guy and he's our most successful franchisee. So we're just going to let it go for him this time. Um, but this time is never just this time because it happens every single time. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, 
talk to me a little, Anthony, about where where you're at now. What kind of kind of what do you see for the for the future of restaurant technology? What do you see for the future of what it is? I mean, we're we're you know you're in Florida, so I'm in California. You know, you're you're you you guys. You know, your governor eliminated COVID a, a couple of months ago. Ours is just talking about eliminating it now. But uh, I'm teasing. I, I tease when I say <laughs> these things. But uh, but in general. You know, the world has changed significantly over the last 18 months or so with with COVID, digital ordering, takeout, delivery. Um, why don't you talk to me about where you think things are going from a restaurant perspective? And then really, why don't you tell our, our listeners where Anthony's at and where Anthony's uh, planning on spending his next couple of years uh, in, uh, in his career? From a restaurant perspective, I think right now, we all had to pivot. The restaurant industry in itself had to pivot and adapt to, you know, the new sort of normal that came out in the last few months. And with that, you know, you, you saw a lot of um, hygienic solutions out there, um, a lot of uh, restaurant marketing promoting the the way um, the solutions, the hygienic solutions were in of the restaurants. Where do I see... The restaurants on the whole, well, we have to stop. Um, honestly, I like the third-party delivery, but I do think that they're taking a lot of the markup um, as far as percentages go uh, for third-party delivery. And I would like to see that organically be brought back to the restaurant, to the business owner, to the franchisee, you know, spending 20 to 30% on deliveries it's it's taking a lot of money which can be used elsewhere for their own type of marketing and their own uh, delivery system. Um, I also see that uh, the future holds um, biometric payments. I think Amazon is doing that as well, starting in the market, but that's a big part of it. But ideally, I think um, digital currency. Digital currency will test um, will change the market and transactional data going forward. I can see, you know, I know there is not a lot of um, data to support it, but between Bitcoins and Ethereum, um, I think that is the going trend. And um, on the supply chain for manufacturing, I think the artificial intelligence to track the um, the manufacturing of products and to um, say that uh, which product has a bigger li- a longer lifespan than another or a vegetable or a fruit or anything of that sort I think that's going those two items are going to be huge in the in the future I yeah uh, I I think I, I I there's nothing that you said that I haven't uh, haven't talked to one person or another I think uh um, you know, our, our mutual friend Jordan Thaler had uh, he and I talk about this kind of stuff on a regular basis, and it's uh, it's always fun to hear restaurant technologists that are in the midst of it. Uh, um, before we jump to kind of kind of where you're at now and kind of what uh, how how people can connect with you, Anthony, I think you were part of the the Restaurant Technology Network. Do you uh, are you at a place that you would be willing to talk through what the Restaurant Technology Network is and and give a little plug because I think. Uh, all of these things, whether it's the data side, the third-party delivery, all of those different things, you know, the payment ecosystem, Amazon, are going to need to play nice with others and are going to need to play nice with some of those technology providers that you alluded to earlier in the conversation. Are you at liberty to, to share any of that kind of stuff? 
I am. Uh, the Restaurant Technology Network is a community of all restaurant technologists around the United States, uh, from your big brands like McDonald's to Burger King to Sonic to Dickies to um, smaller brands like um, Another Broken Egg, uh, Torchy's Tacos um, to uh, Condado Tacos, you know, so it's a community of like-minded individuals sharing information with each other, supporting each other. Um, I think the last few months being part of the network has helped me and helped another broken egg, um, given me information has someone or some, a few people to shoot ideas back and forth with, look at the technology. I mean, we were getting anyone in the restaurant industry, uh, technology side of things was getting inundated with the, the amount of vendors that were looking to, um, traffic their own product mm. saying that, Hey, this is the right solution for you. This was the right solution for you. And there were a lot of, um, there were a lot of feedback going back and forth within our own community as to what was the right solution for everyone. Now, like I said, Posi touch was our POS system for another broken egg. And although it was a great, it was, I was told it was the Cadillac of POS systems. I totally agree. But when it came to pivot to a different, um, uh, to other solutions to help us like contactless payments, it wasn't able to do that, <laughs> you know, yep. and then the only uh, omnivore was providing a third market, third party market um, middleman so that other um, contactless payments out there. So my, um, my options went from 11 to three, but I was able to um, communicate that to the, uh, the network and with their feedback and their, their thoughts, I was able to figure out what was the right solution. So it's a great community um, for anyone that wants to join. It's a retail technology network or RTN. And um, Angela Diffley is the co-founder for the RTN community. Yeah, and I'll I'll throw the uh, I'll throw the link to their stuff in the show notes because I think it's uh, I think it's important. I mean, I I don't I personally don't foresee us getting to the place you know, kind of this utopia where everything can talk to each other without people like um, people like the group at RTN to really um, you know to really set the stage that says this is where um, this is where the technology is going and allowing the the collaboration never before has there been as much collaboration as as i see going on within the rtn and so i love that uh i love that you got to take part and and that uh you got to influence that and that you got to also sit at the feet of some of those people that uh maybe ahead of you and have done some things that uh have done some things that um that that you hadn't gotten a chance to do even though your uh, your career has been pretty storied. So Anthony, what's next? What's next for you? What's next for kind of kind of where you're at and where uh, where you're intended on going? I can say that, you know, in the last few months I found a I found a lot about myself. I was able to, you know, 
look back at my career, look back at what I've done in the last 18 months, you know, with uh, another broken egg winning uh, a few awards for best breakout brand of 2020 and um, being the one of the top 10 brands for 2020 as well through throughout COVID. I think, you know, knowing that I had a hand in that and what did I really want to do? I think that it came down to I what I want to do is to help people. I want to help the community. I want to help the franchisees, the 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 restaurant owners that didn't know about technology, that were afraid to ask the questions about technology, that needed help to help um, pivot as far as what technology is out there, so I can keep my business alive and. I think what I've done for Another Broken Egg, my mentality was that I wanted to make sure everyone had a job. Everyone was brought back and that um, we didn't fire anyone or, or have to lay off anyone during the, the hard times that we shared. So I think um, as an entrepreneur, I, I saw it coming forward and I said, yeah, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to be the one to help the community and give back to the community. You know, knowledge is power, but knowledge is also something that we should all share. I love that. I love that. Well, and and again, I'm certain our listeners are going to be super impressed with what you've not only done, but uh, I will be uh, I will be a cheerleader cheering you on as uh, as you start to go towards that new endeavor and start to really continue to influence the restaurant industry and the technology industry because uh, you've got so much to offer. Um, what else did we miss in our conversation, my friend? What else uh, What else should we have gone through that we didn't uh, that we didn't go through today? Um. Let's see. Favorite food? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Go for it. Let, let's talk food. about your favorite food. And uh, next time I'm uh, I'm out on that coast, uh, maybe we can get together and uh, go find a place to get some. You know what? Favorite food for me is it's a New York style pizza. I, I love Chicago. I love you know the other types of pizzas, but the, the New York style pizza for me, where you can take the pizza and stand it up and, and break the crust and it just stands up straight. That's a hot mm-hmm. for me. Uh, that's I love that. And, and so what's your favorite place in New York for, uh, before we sign off for, for our call, what's, uh, what's your favorite place in New York to get pizza? It actually is a raised pizzeria down in the East village. I, uh, I have been to raise myself as well. I, uh, I love that place. So awesome. Well, if, uh, if our listeners are looking to get a hold of you to see, you know, whether it's to, to chat with you, what would be the best method? LinkedIn, um, email, phone, talk to me about, uh, about how they get in touch with you. If they want to sit and spitball with you, hire you to help them with some technology projects, those kind of things, how would they uh, best get in touch with you? I would say LinkedIn. Um, just look me up, Anthony Searle. Uh, LinkedIn's the best place for me. Um, email, it's uh, anthonyavcyril at gmail.com. That'll change. I'll get. I'll create my own business account. <laughs> but uh, LinkedIn is the best place for you, for anyone to contact me if they have any questions or concerns or just want to talk about anything in general. Marketing, actually, too. Trying to utilize artificial it. intelligence for marketing. I, uh, I, like I said, Anthony, I'm, I'm excited to see what the future holds for you for, for, you know, kind of, kind of where your, where your life is at, where your career is at. Um, again, um, 
to our listeners out there, guys, I know you guys have got tens of thousands of choices of how you spend your time, how you guys spend your your podcast listening time. And so whether you're uh, chilling on the treadmill or you're out driving, driving somewhere, um, we appreciate you guys spending time with us each and every time that we post one of these. Anthony, I cannot thank you enough for uh, talking me through the, uh, the 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 story of your career and uh, the cool things that you got to experience and some of the pain and heartache that you also got to experience. It's been fun to uh, to go, even quite frankly for me, down memory lane on some of the things that I got to do early in my career that uh, um, oftentimes sitting in the office every day, I, I miss some of those times uh, crawling around in uh, in uh, you know those closets at the stadiums trying to figure out where that cable went. So thank you for uh, for for bringing me back uh, down memory lane. And uh, to our listeners, guys, um, we we love getting the feedback. We love that you guys get to subscribe, and we love putting these things out there. So keep bringing uh, bringing the feedback. And uh, Anthony, thank you very much for your time. And to our listeners, make it a great day. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Technology Guys podcast. Visit restauranttechnologyguys.com for tips industry insights, and more to help you run your restaurant better.